0: greenie with mike greenberg the podcast
1: back and better than ever Greeny presented by progressive insurance guests on the goodyear hotline coming up we've got the cowboy season on the line we've got baseball making a complete fool of itself hembo needs shopping advice the college is awesome this weekend and why taylor swift is better than max scherzer all that and more let's go here we go
2: only one place to start.
1: Well, the one place that I can start is that I am so delighted to be back here on a Thursday morning because I get this collection of former Jets locker mates, Bartholomew Scott and Damian Woody, sticking around in studio after get up. To give us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. You guys know I appreciate it. Thank you, as always. Absolutely. Let's dive in. So many things I want to get to, starting with tonight. D Wood, you just picked the Cowboys to win tonight's game uh, by smashing a helmet. But the question I would ask you is, should the Cowboys lose this game tonight with everything that is going against the Saints? What will we say about the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow morning? Same
3: old Cowboys. I think that's going to be the. I think that's going to be the storyline if the Cowboys lose to the New Orleans Saints tonight. We all know about the the, um, the the injuries that the New Orleans Saints have you know have on both sides of the football. They got a they're a very banged up ball club. A lot of guys out. I know that the Dallas Cowboys have some COVID issues as it relates to Mike McCarthy not not being available and. Uh, you know, a couple other guys as far as players are concerned, but the Dallas Cowboys should win this game against the New Orleans Saints. Okay? They should win they should absolutely win this game against the New Orleans Saints. Right. Just and Diana Russini pointed out on, on get up, just off of just off of injuries alone, the Dallas Cowboys are a healthier ball club. If 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 the Dallas Cowboys want to be taken seriously as far as a top team in the NFC, they need to win this football game tonight because Lurking in their rearview mirror is the Washington football team. Yeah. Washington football team coming off their bar. They've won three straight games. So, they, you know, they can't afford any type of let-up against New Orleans Saints.
1: And those two teams play each other twice yep. as we continue. You know, it just occurred to me, and, and Bart picked New Orleans on TV with us this morning, but literally occurred to me, as D. Wood was saying that, Bart, what, what, do, what should we make of this? We're talking about how the Cowboys are the healthier team. Yeah. Oh, by the way, their coach isn't going to be there because he tested positive for COVID this week, and yet we discount that. Like, if this was Bill Belichick, if this was Andy Reid, if this was... Most teams in the NFL, I have to believe, we'd spend a lot more time. We didn't even mention that on Get Up this morning, and I didn't even think of it until just now. What right. does that say?
0: I mean, I forgot what team it was earlier this year that had their whole coaching staff out. Well, the Cliff
1: Kingsbury missed a game.
4: No, no, as it, was, a coach. it was
0: a staff that missed a lot. They had a lot of people problems. I yeah, New it was Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans, yeah. and it was horrible, right? Because you, what happens is, it's like. Uh, the, the law of diminishing returns, right? Because what happens to, like, all the nuanced stuff, all the small, subtle details? Joe Philman out there, right? He's the offensive line coach. So what happens now, you know, if New Orleans comes in with some exotic blitz package, package, you haven't discussed all these things. So, I mean, I think it does go advantage to the New Orleans Saints because, listen, this New Orleans Saints defense is legit, right? We were talking about this team being the best in the business. And maybe they've dropped down in the standings. That's because they've had to endure and watch Trevor Simeon from the sideline just kind of give the, give the game up, turn Over is not being able to move the ball but listen this is a prideful defense and inside that dome with crowd noise listen Lattimore against CeeDee Lamb who's going to win that matchup we don't know what Amari Cooper is going to be coming back coming off of COVID we don't know what his lung capacity is going to be about if he's going to be fatigued listen for all the guys that's injured you know for the New Orleans Saints we've been there before D. Wood it's varsity blues you take them to the back and you make them understand you either take the shot or you take the tortile pill because we need you all hands on deck because New Orleans Saints has no room for error they don't have any cushion now. We thought a couple of weeks ago when they beat Tampa that they were that, that they could compete for the division and they were a shoe in for the playoffs. That has changed under Trevor Simeon. Taysom Hill's getting paid all this damn money. Let's see why, right? I don't care about his ankle hurting. Hell, the, you know, the baddest man on the planet got a broken foot. So man, you better go ahead and, and shoot that up, and we'll worry about you know the, the consequences for that in your liver later in the offseason. season.
1: <laughs> a greedy Presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progress- com. I couldn't think of a way to segue off of that spot. <laughs> um, but I want to go to the next one. Because this morning we talked a lot about how this is the Steelers' last stand. Yeah. They play your former team, Bart, the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. You hate the Steelers. I, I do. But something that you mentioned very briefly on Get Up this morning, as I was throwing to a break, so I did not get details on it, what did you say about someone in Pittsburgh who mooned you? What, what is it that I missed in all of that?
0: So Pittsburgh, they hate us so much, right? Because we are their rivals. It's not the Bengals. It's not Cleveland, right? We, I mean, we, we would go to the game, and everybody knows you'd make this right going to the stadium past a, a 7-11. And I swear, this lady had to be at least 70 or 80. Her hair was completely white. I mean, I'm not talking about a little moon. I'm talking about she put her pants down to her ankles and mooned the entire bus. Like this—that's what Pittsburgh is all about, man. Listen, they are all in. It is not another show in town. I know they love the the, the hockey team. But I'm like, man, that is somebody's mother and somebody's grandmother there. This is how it, like, what did they do that at? Right. right. You're but,
1: telling me a 70 or 80 year old woman in Pittsburgh full mooned I your never, entire I, bus. I never
0: saw so many wrinkles in my life. I, I, listen. I listen. I need treatment and therapy. About that, man. it looked like a California raisin, man. No, no. It was horrible. It was, okay. it was a bad sight. You can't. Un- you, there's some things in life you can't unsee, oh. and that's one of the things I can't unsee.
1: Oh, you? with that said, you would delight in okay. seeing the Ravens put it all, put them basically out of their misery this week, wouldn't you?
0: What a what a, a better fitting in, right? Right. You know, we saw Michael Myers die, right? Who was it? His sister? Uh, what's her name? Come on, somebody help me. Out.
1: I don't know. I didn't see Halloween Nine or whatever. It's the same. It it's, it's the same lady. It's the uh, same lady. Is the same woman who mooned you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, oh Jamie Lee it, it was Curtis. only right that Jamie okay. Lee Curtis
0: oh, ended and killed Michael, oh, not I was, anybody I didn't else. See that movie. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it's 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 only fitting that their best rival, the greatest rival, ends the era. Right? They end the era of Ben Roethlisberger because the Ravens are the one who gave the, uh, Ben Roethlisberger his start. Listen, we always say this all the time. You, you, you always say, "Hey, you're trying to hurt the good players. You don't want to hurt the bad players, right?" Ben Roethlisberger got his start in the NFL because we knocked Tommy Maddox out of the game. Yeah. And by the third quarter, we saw how talented this young man was. We was asking his time, he was okay, and he was coming back. <laughs> that's that's how good it is. So, what better team than the Barry
1: Ben Roethlisberger than the Baltimore? Rams? And, and and D Wood, like we we spent some time on this this morning. Just the lack of physicality, I, the, I don't want to say lack of heart because that feels a little bit yeah. unfair for me to say sitting here, but certainly others have said it, yeah. that the Steelers
3: have shown. it. It's somewhat jarring, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, when you watch tape of certain teams, you get accustomed to looking at a certain style, yeah. a certain brand. Um, Pittsburgh is like one of those teams that over the years, I could pop on the tape any time and you, okay, that's Pittsburgh Steelers football. Yeah. When you watch Steelers now, it, they resemble nothing like what we've traditionally seen out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, no run game to speak of. They can't knock people off the ball on the offensive line. Right. Um. Def- defensively, you're letting – I mean, so many years, like, people wouldn't even run the ball on the Steelers. They would just couldn't throw it. No 100-yard rushes. Yeah, so. like, they couldn't even – like, they didn't even attempt to run the ball. And you got Joe Mixon just gashing and running through and linemen dancing, like – that's not Pittsburgh Steelers football, and just just watching, man. It as someone as a, as a fan of football, it makes you sad looking at the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers and their lack of their identity um, this year. But
0: well, right. it happens from time to time. We see this all the time, right? You know, when when, when things and when errors come to an end. We saw it with the with the. Um, with the Giants and Eli Manning, we saw it with Phillip Rivers in his last days, right? What happens is because of the lack in the physical ability of the quarterback not being able to push the ball down the field, them not having an offensive line, teams play them a certain way. You, have, you used to have to play the Pittsburgh Steelers honest. Now you can stop them with a light box and take away all those weapons because guess what? Even if you don't have great corners, you know the quarterback doesn't have the ability to push the ball and drive the ball down the field, right? So he used to have a cannon. Now he has a slingshot.
1: Uh, Greeny and Bart Scott and uh, and and, uh, D Wood in our studio here with the straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless. No contract, no compromise. One more as we look ahead to I think the biggest game of the year is this Monday night, which will be New England at Buffalo. Those teams will actually play each other twice Mm -hmm. in the next four weeks and New England is a bye. So they they get this uh, Buffalo team twice in their next three games. And we made reference to it this morning a couple of different times. Dee Wood, you were on the 2001 Patriots mm-hmm. when a, a, basically an unknown and unexpected superstar named Tom Brady ran out onto the field, a sixth-round pick because of an injury the Jets uh, laid on Lose, yeah. on the and former quarterback we'll, Drew Bledsoe, yep. and that team. You were on that team, and they win a Super Bowl. How much does this team remind you of that team?
3: A lot. It reminds me of a lot because. That team, you know, during that time, we were led by defense. You know, everybody talks about, mm-hmm. you know, the 20 years with, with, with Tom and Bill, and and everybody thought it was just Tom. Like, early on, we were, like, defense heavy. Our mm-hmm. defense led us. We had a, a good run, running game, and then the quarterback was, was pretty much managing the game. Yeah. Well, guess what? Guess what we're seeing out of New England right now? Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same type of thing. The defense is, is really, really good offensively. Their offensive line is healthy, one of the best units in the league. They got a three head rushing attack in the backfield, and they got a young a rookie quarterback who's going out there. He's not making mistakes. He's getting better at pushing the ball down the field. They look really similar to two thousand one.
0: We're gonna get the truth serum though, right? Because what I couldn't articulate on TV because we just I just didn't have the time to was the fact that the Tennessee Titans, not Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans, rushed for almost two hundred and. Fifty yards. So you talk about how great this New England defense is. They they, they can be ran on. The Jets yeah. ran on them too. Yeah. So everybody has. The Bills those...
1: don't run the ball though. So that fascinates me. Right. Will they will they go I against their to. own?
0: I think they have to because you know that Bill is going to make you play left handed. So your left hand is going to have to be the run game. And if that includes Josh Allen being able to be part of some of these powers and sweeps and doing mm. some of the things that Lamar Jackson does, then I think you can get away with that. You know, it's just you know we know that Josh Allen has a history of turning the ball over as far fumbles when he runs the football but he we know that he's more than capable he's he's just like cam newton he's so big so fast that if he gets involved and if you try and play two man against him he's just going to take off and i think that's the key the difference in in the patriots uh, defense that we haven't seen in recent years. They've always had you know good players on the back end and being able to confuse you with scheme. But you know Judon gives them an element that they haven't had—a pass rush. I think he has 13 sacks this year. That's mm-hmm. that's what what makes them different. But we're going to see if this Buffalo defense has learned their lessons and the errors of their ways by not being tough physically, right? We talk about a guy like Ed Oliver, a guy that's a one-gap penetrator that opens up things. That that plays right into the to the. Um, to the uh, Patriots' hands if he's going to be a one-gap penetrator getting up because you know what's going to happen. You know, uh, Bill's just going to wham block him and let him block himself and and get up on the second level. And also with Foster Davis-White, what is this defense going to be? And, you know, the greatest and the most intriguing matchup for me is these two safeties versus these two tight ends. Because mm, you yeah. talk about Poirier and Michael Hyde are two of the best safeties, and that's what yep. makes their team so elite. The fact that they have this pre- and post-snap movement. I watched them play the Jets. They move up from cover one to cover two. They post-rotate to to two-man and all those type of things. They go swipe and rob certain players and double them from different positions. Can Matt Jones be able to decipher that? Because the Patriots have been getting away with it's not about who you play, it's when you play them, Greeny. And – if you look at the Patriots, the Patriots beat basically the same team that lost to the Jets last week in the Titans, right? right. Minus Derrick Henry, right? They, that team lost to the Jets, mm-hmm. right? You look at they played Baker Mayfield without Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, so they listen. You listen. You only can play who you have, but I think this will go a long way with being able to for us to assess if the Patriots are legitimate, you know, we know that they're a playoff team, but are they a true contender to win a championship?
1: Well, their next three games are Buffalo, Indy, Buffalo. So uh, we'll know for sure. Yeah. Guys are the best. Thank you so much for sticking around. I always appreciate it. D Wood, Bart Scott. Awesome. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best network, straight talk, wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Coming up next, I will tell you why Taylor Swift is better than baseball. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
5: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. I'm
0: ready to go right now.
1: Green light, light with Greeny. But I'm giving myself the green light to tell you that Taylor Swift is more committed to Jake Gyllenhaal than baseball is to its fans. It is just that simple. This year, Taylor Swift, who I believe is engaged to be married to someone else entirely, released a 10-minute song about Jake Gyllenhaal, who she dated, I think, a decade ago. That is three minutes longer than baseball managed to meet yesterday to try and avert its first work stoppage in a quarter of a century. If I understand this correctly, Hembo, the people who run Major League Baseball, meaning the owners, whoever reps them, Manfred and whoever is actually sitting in this room, I guarantee you Manfred didn't show up for seven minutes. And the the Players Association met for seven minutes, then left each other, and the lockout began at midnight last night. Do I have that right?
6: You do. Let me ask you a question because I'm reading Jeff Passon's article here on ESPN.com, and he describes seven minutes. he describes this as seven minutes of negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> no. is, that, is that a fair way to characterize? Well, does that even me? Seven minutes of negotiation.
1: How long is the song Paradise by the Dashboard Light? I think that's seven minutes uh certainly bye-bye miss american pie drove my chevy to the levee but the levee was dry Is more than seven minutes what i'm trying to tell you is there are (laughs) songs longer than baseball's 828 wow a baseball they didn't have that much time (laughs) tony clark those guys do they here's my question to you all kidding aside do they realize how ridiculous they look by meeting for seven minutes to try, which is nothing. It's the same as not going. You might as well have just not done this yesterday. To then have a lockout. Two days after a spending spree, the likes of which we've basically never seen in baseball history, just took place. If I understand this correctly, Max Scherzer is one of the lead negotiators, or whatever you call that, player on F. the player side. Mm-hmm. He's a player rep, and thus will be in there. He's going to be the one in there talking about how the finances of the game are a mess, and this is unfair to the players, after having just signed a $140 million contract at the age of 30, what is he again? 37. 37. It's the
6: largest contract in baseball history.
1: It's the largest contract in baseball history. <laughs> he signed that this week. <laughs> and now he's got to be in the room saying to you know, the owners, oh, well, we can't have this this system is funked and we need to do something about it like what what do they realize i just ask do they realize how ridiculous that looks to anyone bothering to pay attention
6: i don't think so because when you're in it when you're living in their little bubble you're so insulated to everything else that your sole focus is let's beat them and their focus is let's beat me in reality there are, there are no sympathetic figures here. Everyone loses. What a, what a great story, by the way. Like, you've written some books before, right? I have. Let me, let me pitch you on a headline here. Yeah. Billionaires and millionaires argue over monopoly money. Everybody loses. Is that, does, that, does that intrigue you? Is that an So no one's right? Story? That's what I'm asking no. Who's in the right here? The fans. The fans are in the right here because they want this to happen behind closed doors, which doesn't seem to happen in baseball. As we saw last year when we were obviously uh, impacted by the pandemic, the only thing we heard about for three months was how much these two sides hated each other. And that sort of precipitated all of this. The worst part of all this, Greeny, is that we knew it was coming and everyone was just like, cool with it. Like, we'll just lock out in December and everyone will be fine for a few months and we'll come back and talk about it later. It's pathetic. Honestly, I view
1: both sides as big losers here. Well, And and they spent the point is they spent $2 billion on player salaries in the last 10 days. So that strikes me as being so completely contradictory (laughs) to anything else, any other message that might be sent now. Because I was prepared to say, "Eh, who really cares? I covered the last work stoppage they had. I was in spring training Mm. when the replacement players were there. I was in Sarasota, Florida. I actually believe that hastened Michael Jordan's departure from baseball. Mm. I don't know that Michael would have come back and played the end of that season the end of what proved to be the 94-95 NBA season when he came back for 17 games. But what happened was Michael was still there in the White Sox, and the White Sox were trying to use him to get people excited. Oh, come see us play. We've got all these, you know, I got a guy who was working on a construction site last week playing third base, but Michael Jordan is on the field, and I think he didn't want any part of that. And I think by that time he had recognized he wasn't going to become a Major League Baseball player. But the point is I was there. I covered that. And I remember when a judge named Sonia Sotomayor, who is now a Supreme Court justice, ended that work stoppage. But I did not think maybe because everyone knew this was coming. Right. I didn't think this was going to be a prolonged thing. Everyone knows it's coming. They've already know how it's going to end. They're just sort of doing this stuff for show. Then Buster only comes on TV with this morning and bums me out. Buster said he's got people saying to him, hey, have a good Christmas. Have a good Easter, and we'll see a flag day. I had to look it up. Flag day's in the summer. Mm -hmm. So that's not, this is Buster telling us that he's hearing from people this thing could spill into a season, which is when it reaches the point of total catastrophe for a sport that does not need it right now.
6: Not only does baseball not need it now, baseball is in a much less advantageous position now than it was the last time you covered a stoppage like this. Baseball was, in some sense, saved by Cal Ripken Jr. streak and the home run chase of 98 coming out of that thing. But baseball is much less popular now than it was then. And baseball, for my money, is a sport that is sort of in retreat. So we absolutely cannot afford for opening day next year not to be on opening day. Of that, I'm
1: certain. Yeah, so that, I'd be gone honest with you, when Buster said that on Get Up this morning was the first time I allowed that thought to enter my head. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, if they do that, and I remember saying this last year uh, when we were at the still at the very beginning of the pandemic, when baseball had such a great opportunity to be the first board mm. to come back and do it with goodwill and say, we're going to make a deal because the American pub and they just couldn't have gone any more in the opposite direction. They basically got dragged kicking and screaming out onto the field to play what little bit of a season they could after all of the you know nonsense. Um, I didn't think things would get worse than that. But if they miss the start of next season, it will be worse. Here's why I'm worried that it might happen. Yeah.
6: The, 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 the disagreements between the players and the owners are sort of like standard, run-of-the-mill, fundamental things when it comes to labor negotiation. And if that's all this was, they'd be ready to play on opening day. But having lived through last year with you and having seen the way that Major League Baseball so badly mishandled this with the players during the pandemic there is no goodwill, there is no equity, and there isn't really even a desire for compromise. So that's why I think feelings and emotion will be involved far too much,
1: and that's what concerns me especially. Okay, so we'll see where all that winds up. Right now, it is not in a good place. Greenie presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet is hurt in a car accident, Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses. With free pet coverage, visit Progressive.com. Greenie's Takes. All right, next up are my takes. So... Uh, Every day, what Hembo does really for a living is he uh, is a content producer for Get Up. He puts together a series of questions. He asks them to our analysts who will be on that day, and we use that to plan the show. Then we come here, and he asks me the questions, and I give him the right answers. So, what was the first question you had for the group today? Dave Gettleman,
6: Joe Judge, Daniel Jones. How many of those three guys are back with the Giants next year, Greeny? And which of those guys?
1: Okay. So, let me bring Nuno in here as we have the assembled members of the hashtag crew, Nuno the Giant fan. Let me ask you this. Who do you want back next year? Daniel Jones, Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, how many?
4: Uh, The only one that I think or I believe should be back will be Daniel Jones competing for that uh, starting quarterback position. Mm. Which is to say, he is competing for a starting quarterback position with whom? That becomes: Do you take a shot at a? And this is going to pain me at a at a Trubisky. Do you get uh, you know a, a Jimmy G when he comes becomes available? Is there someone in that that later in this draft that you like? Uh, I Thought just yesterday we we're
2: getting Russell Wilson. Th- That's what I'm. What look, I'm looking I'm
4: talking about all these three. One of these th- out of these three, like I think yeah, at this you just point said in terms- he's
2: competing against Mitch Trubisky. I thought Oof. we got Russell Wilson.
1: Involved. Are you or are you not getting Russell Wilson? That's where I'm going here. I don't know. What's going Uh, on back there? (laughs) Why would you not be getting Russell Wilson? Would you give up your two? two, You got the sixth and seventh picks in the draft. Would you trade them for Russell Wilson? At the end of the day, I probably would, yes. Here's where the Giants are, okay? The Giants are a team that for the last 20 years has had a super high draft pick at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Eli Manning, he he delivered you two Super Bowls. You can't complain. He was the first pick in the draft. The Giants didn't make it, but you know what the history of that is. And then, whether we liked it or not, whether the world liked it or not, they took Daniel Jones number six. So they haven't had a question about who their quarterback is in a very long time. They're at a crossroads now. And I think that the answer is Russell Wilson, which brings us to the next question, which is... Greeny, what is the best destination for Russell Wilson? I think New York. I I think the Giants would satisfy a lot of the things I think he wants. And you know, have I been hearing Keyshawn talk about Sean Payton winding up out of New Orleans? What I don't get to hear Keyshawn in the morning because I'm getting ready to go on get up, but I get signals of stuff. Nuno, what am I hearing? Is Keyshawn talking about Sean Payton? Winding up out of New Orleans and maybe winding up in New York next year so, with the Giants.
4: Keyshawn is brought up and he says, obviously he hasn't heard this, but in terms of if you look at the landscape of that division, of everything that's going on the last you know year and a half, two years with that team, they don't have a quarterback. Michael Thomas has been hurt for pretty, pretty much for a year and a half. You know, Alvin Kamara. That if maybe that like he's just not happy and it's time for him to leave, whether it's. Go to Dallas where everyone always thought he would end up or maybe come to New York, get have full control of that organization and coach there. Well,
1: that is the intriguing part. He's not going to Dallas because only one person runs the show in Dallas. And I know Sean Payton and Jerry Jones have a friendly relationship. They can buy each other bottles of very expensive wine, whatever that was. Right. Sean Payton's not going there to have Jerry Jones tell him what to do. I, I, I would be stunned by that. But if the New York Giants could offer him Total control. He could be the coach and 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 be the guy who cooks the dinner and picks the groceries and bring one of his guys in there to do the personnel stuff. And they could get Russell Wilson. You could turn that thing around like that. How about the Giants next year with Russell Wilson as their quarterback and Sean Payton as their coach? I, I don't think that I don't think we live in a world where that can't happen.
6: An immediate contender because I do believe that Dave Gettleman at least has some of the pieces in place for them to be a a good team. And we know that Russell Wilson can overcome a bad offensive line, which they also have.
1: All right, I want to do one more. Skip to the last question because I want to get to this.
6: Greeny, who is more likely to win a championship at their new school? Lincoln Riley
1: or Brian Kelly? I I would say overwhelmingly Lincoln Riley. And here's why. All this talk about how you got to go to the SEC, you got to go to the SEC if you want to win championships. I say that's insane. If, If you're right now... If you're um, you know, an NBA free agent and you're trying to decide where should I go play, for the longest time anyway, you would say go to the East. Why would you go to the West where all the good teams are? Go to the East where you'll have a much easier time winning. In my opinion, you've just put your head in the mouth of the lion by going to LSU. You've got to beat all those teams just to get mm. a chance. You go to the Pac-12 and you beat Stanford and Utah and you get in. You're an unbeaten Pac-12 champion. You're getting into the dance. It is a lot easier to get in. Dabo Sweeney, I don't think he said this publicly, but I think he proved it. The best thing to have is an SEC team and not play in the SEC. So if you're Lincoln Riley, and you can get yourself an outstanding team, a team that could compete in the SEC but doesn't have to. Mm. That's by far the best way to win championships. So, to me, the answer is clearly Lincoln Riley. In the meantime... I want to just quickly go through the college scenarios for Sunday because you know they're going to screw Cincinnati if they possibly can. So let's live in a world where Cincinnati <laughs> beats Houston, okay? If Cincinnati beats Houston, I, I am as into this this year as I can remember being in a very long time. B- because I don't know why, but I just find maybe I am every year. And, and maybe there are just more questions this year than usual. As Usually it's the obvious ones like, oh, yeah, Ohio State's going to make it. Oh, yeah, Alabama's going to Well, now all of a sudden there's only one team. That I think we know for certain That's right. is going to make it. Georgia could lose 50 to nothing and still make it, right? That's right. Okay. So there's only, it would just be a question of where they'd be seeded. They'd probably be the two seed. <laughs> right? <laughs> if Alabama beat them 50 to nothing, would they be the two seed? I think so. You don't think Michigan would be ahead of them? I think Georgia would be the two seed. Uh, okay. Well, whatever they'd either be, way. they'd be. Mm-hmm. They would be either two or three. But either way, um, there's only one team that we know for certain is going to get in. So now we're having some fun. Let's figure out how they're going to screw Cincinnati. If Cincinnati wins, I think that eliminates Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame, I I think if, if Cincinnati wins and Michigan wins, let me say that. I do believe Michigan will beat Iowa. It would stun me if Iowa beats Michigan. Now, maybe Michigan, having come off their Super Bowl and all of that kind of stuff, maybe they lay an egg. But I watched Iowa all year long. They don't have a lot of offense. I, I, they're a good team. I'm not knocking them. They're a good defensive mm-hmm. team. They won a lot of games. They're a good team, but they're not great. And they're offensively challenged. I'll be very surprised. So let's put Georgia in. Let's put Michigan in. If Georgia beats Alabama, does that knock Alabama out completely? Yes. At least I think It should. But I
6: think I I do agree with you that if there's some scenario in which Alabama wins a close game in which they outplay Georgia, then the committee could could justify it, even though I don't think putting in a two-loss team that didn't win this conference is reasonably fair.
1: I get it, but let's not live in a world that's fair. Let's live in a world where these guys get to decide whatever (laughs) it is they want to decide. If Alabama loses in overtime or loses a three-point game to Georgia on a kick at the end, and they are sitting in that room, and they say to themselves, "If Alabama played Cincinnati on a neutral field right now, what would the point spread be?"
6: I can look that up actually, but it's going to be
1: something like ten points. Yeah, that little? Yes. Uh, I, I would. I would almost think it would be more than that. Hmm. So that's wow. the point. Uh, Alabama wasn't Alabama a twenty point favorite against Auburn? Yeah,
6: but I mean, uh,
1: Alabama's had problems in like half of their games. This no, year. I understand that, against but teams but worse than Cincinnati. Uh, uh, fair enough. One way or another, I think that that would be one. And then Oklahoma State, I think, gets in. I actually think Oklahoma Hmm. controls its destiny more than Cincinnati does. I think Oklahoma State, if they beat Baylor, Baylor is is nine in the country right now. So Oklahoma State right now has their strength of record. Oklahoma State's strength of record right now is five in the country. If they beat a top-ten team, how does that not move up? It will. That will move up to four. I think they bounce Cincinnati. So I think Cincinnati... Needs either Oklahoma State or Alabama to lose. Or Michigan, right? Okay, or Michigan. One of those three. Uh, they, they, need, they need at least one of those three to lose. So
6: you think one loss Oklahoma State jumps
1: undefeated Cincinnati? I will make you any wager you wow. want that that happens. Okay. You want to make a little bet on that? I think they I, Yes. Yes. You would the, bet on that. You would bet that Cincinnati gets in ahead of Oklahoma State if it comes down to those two. I do. Okay, Uh, we'll talk about this as we continue here. Um, I'm not I obviously don't agree. We'll see. I hope you're right. I do not want to see the little guy get screwed in all this. In the meantime, we're going to have to get to the bottom of the definition of one word that you think, you know, but I'm here to tell you, you don't. That's next. Greeny, the podcast.
6: Must be 21 plus plus present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: So Bubba, get near uh, the microphone here because we're going to need your help with this as well. Uh, Hembo is, is so adorable. His, his lack of understanding and expertise uh, in his own marriage. Now? Yeah, I know. It's Go ahead and, and, and ask me the question. Ask aloud the question that you, you brought up in the office this morning.
6: So, so I can't be the only guy out there whose wife seemingly spends money competitively by that I mean like she spends money like she's in a competition with other people spending mm. money and she's always winning right okay so here's my uh, my quandary already twice this week and this is a trend now I'm seeing she's run out to, to go do some errands as she's describing them and always comes home invariably with a you know a few boxes or bags of things that she says we need mm. right things that we need right my question to you Greeny is who is to define mm things that we need? Like, do we need half a dozen small Christmas trees with which to decorate the house? Do we need Christmas-themed bath mats? H- how am I defining the word
1: need in uh, this context? You're so funny. <laughs> this
2: guy's is unbelievable. Isn't he? I mean, I don't, I don't even understand this guy anymore.
1: You're, you're almost answering your own question within the question. And this is what I meant by my tease. We're going to redefine a word you think you know the answer to. What you need is strictly decided by what she wants, that's what you need. If she wants it, you need it.
6: Do you understand that? I understand what you're saying. Correct. That doesn't match my priors when it comes to the
1: word need. No, perhaps not. But you were a bachelor then. You're a married man now. Okay. So um, do I have this right, Bubba, in your opinion? And again, I will, I will set up uh, Bubba's uh, sort of bona fides on this. Mm. You know, Bubba, for many, many years before he came into radio, was a marriage counselor. You worked in this area, couples therapy and all kinds of mediation, working couples together. Would you, would you say that is an appropriate definition of the word need, which is to say whatever Lizzie wants, that's what they need? Correct.
2: The vote has changed right. to it's a one-person vote. Right. Hembo is under the impression that it's a two-person mm-hmm. vote. Mm-hmm. That changed right. the day you guys got married. Correct. Or, or really got together. So, for example, yeah. yesterday. And I don't know
6: why you don't understand that. Right. I left I left for work in the morning. Right. I slept in, in, in a bed with a certain comforter. I got home, yes. there was a different comforter. Right. We didn't
1: need that oh, new Oh, yes, com- you did. How did
6: we need that there new comforter? There are
1: no words to describe how badly you needed that comforter. And if you need any explanation of that, then you understand this even less than I think oh, you do. No. Lizzie decided that you need a new comforter. <laughs> oh, and that is why you now have a new comforter. Let me tell you, this quick, quick, I'll give you a quick analogy. Bubba, you'll like this. Did you happen to see Matt Leinart on Pat McAfee's show the other day? I did, yes. So, Matt, he, Leinart is on Matt, Pat McAfee's show, and he shows him that is Heisman, the man has a Heisman trophy. It is on the floor <laughs> it's of his closet. It's on the floor of his closet, like d- behind a bunch of other stuff. And I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, why does he keep the Heisman on the floor of the closet? <laughs> Those are unmarried people. That is because the person to whom he is married, whom I've never met, clearly has decided the Heisman Trophy doesn't go with anything else that we have in the house. <laughs>
6: come
1: on. I'll give you a case in point. <laughs> many, many years ago, Mike and I hosted an event for the V Foundation. And they, you know, they have the auction items there. And one of the auction items they had was a helmet, a New York Jets helmet signed by every member of the Super Bowl three Jets. And I thought, boy, I'd love to have that. Wow. And I would love to donate a bunch of money to the V Foundation. So I bid on that and I won it. That's a good get. I come home with the New York Jets helmet signed by every member of the New York Jets that won the Super Bowl. And Stace takes one look at the helmet and says, where exactly is it you think we're keeping that? And that, my friends, is how my father got the helmet <laughs> of the Super Bowl Three New York Jets. And it is still in the apartment he lived in, and he has been dead for five years. And it is still there. <laughs> five years after his passing... We still can't take the helmet and put it in my house because that doesn't go in my house. And that, Hambo, is all you need to understand about what it is you do and don't need. So we need a
6: second or third comforter. Mm-hmm. We don't need the helmet signed by the, my
1: favorite football team of all time? That's correct. By
6: every member of it.
1: Right. We do not need that. No, we don't need that. So now I hope everyone has been gathered around Bubba. I feel like we've done a pretty good job here for anyone who doesn't previously understand it. We have now clearly defined the word need.
2: I mean, we've done our best. I feel like we'll be right back here next week with another quandary from Hembo because we do our best every week and he fails again. I agree. But we're trying.
1: He just did not get in you know, it. By the way, uh, Bubba is back in the Dak jersey with his Cowboys playing tonight. <sighs> got game tonight. Got to get a sense of his confidence. See how he's feeling going into that? we got a huge hour coming your way. There will be time for your calls, and we will gauge how Bubba feels about the boys as we roll on on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning
2: at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get
0: your podcast.